and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. This I am is Hotshot Danny Duggan, leader of Team Jack and Fanny Pact, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. This is Hotshot Danny Duggan, and you can follow Canadian Wrestling's Elite on social media. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CWE Canada for all the up-to-the-date latest news updates on Canada's Elite Wrestling Alternative. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here on the JNK Podcast. What's going on? What's up, guys? So uh, there's been quite a bit going on, not only with uh, professional wrestling in general, especially WWE, but uh, with us uh, here as well. But uh, before we get into all that, of course, uh, let's uh, take time to mention our sponsor, CollarAndElbowBrand.com. CollarAndElbowBrand.com. If you guys go there, you can take a look at some of the best quality T-shirts, uh, sweatpants, toques, hats, sweaters, sweater jackets, just a whole array of different quality merchandise that is available at collarandelbowbrand.com. You guys got to go check them out. And as a thank you for you guys going to check them out, we are going to give you 10% off. That 10% off, you go to the checkout, and at the checkout, you put in the code of jk podcast and you guys got yourself 10 percent off yeah and you'll be wearing a brand supported by some of the biggest names in the business we have chase owens we have mr jake the snake roberts who uh, we had the pleasure of meeting in person recently uh, simon gotch formerly a wwe eric young brian pillman jr the spirit squad and mr kennedy and i mean just the names kind of go on and on mr drew mcintyre eugene billy gunn gold dust I mean, Kevin Nash, like the, just the, the names keep kind of piling up here. People who wear and support com. That's right. And, so, I mean, you yeah. definitely go and check them out. Yep. And like Carl said, 10% off. And, you know, sometimes, you know, make sure to keep an eye on the website because sometimes they have their own kind of special promotions, whether it be like 20 or during the holidays up to 50% off. Combine that with our offer code and you save for yourself a good chunk of change. And uh, to do some shopping, not only for yourself, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, but uh, for the wrestling fan of your family that you want to shop for and buy things for. So Definitely. All right, before we get into the main discussion, let's do our, our fun kind of a sound clip for the week like we usually do. Uh, I don't believe that we did one last week because we uh, did our uh, Danny Doug interview, which was a fun you know, first thing for us to, uh, doing a, a live interview. And uh, make sure you go check out that episode. So let's start off with our little clip here, and then we'll get into our main wrestling discussion, Turnbuckle Talk, for this week. You know, when President Obama was elected, I really thought that he would be a great cheerleader. But he wasn't a cheerleader. He was the opposite. He's actually a negative force. I won't lie to you. I know he's just not right for you. And you can tell me if I'm off, but I see it in your face when you say that he's the one that you want. 
and you're spending all your time in this wrong situation and anytime you want it to stop i know i can treat you better than you can and the united states deserves a gentleman tell me why are we wasting time on all your wasted crime when you should be with me instead i know i can treat you better So there you go. I thought I'd have some fun with some American politics there. Uh, and uh, actually, a whole YouTube channel uh, dedicated to whoever uh, has done these remixes has done a pretty good job of adding these things together with uh, little sound clips of him just saying words. And, uh, you, know, you know, that combined with what's been going on government-wise, you know, we're not going to get into that because this is a terminal talk, but uh, I thought it was uh, pretty relevant to play that uh, clip and uh, some fun uh, things there if you want to go check it out on YouTube there. so And kudos to the person who did this. Yeah. I mean, clearly lots of time and effort was put into that, especially for them to have to watch so many different clips of yeah. Donald Trump saying words, right, and trying to find the proper words to you know, put in there and make it actually sound as though it fits. Yeah. So kudos to them. That's challenging to say the least. Uh, before we get you know into the main discussion, I think we should, uh, you know, for those of you who are not aware, I mean, and, and I think we think you should be aware, especially if you pay attention to us on uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, social, all the social media and whatnot, that, uh, you know, we've made a significant uh, leap in uh, how we distribute our podcast to everybody here, you know, uh, up until just very recently, actually, just before we released our uh, Danny Duggan episode, we were just strictly on Podbean. That's right. But, uh, you know, after, you know, seeing everything that we've, we've done so far, you know, we feel really happy with the product that we put out there. We decided to broaden our podcast horizons here and put ourselves onto two of the main distribution channels that you can have for podcasts, and that is Google Play Music and, most importantly, of course, on iTunes, which is one of the top platforms that uh, you can be on when it comes to podcasting. So really happy to finally get on those two platforms. And uh, it just gives everybody more options. You know, if you're strictly an iTunes user now, you have the opportunity to listen to us uh, through through iTunes. And if you're a Google Play music listener, is that much easier for you? No separate app to download. And if you're still with a Podbean, you know, then you're still good too. So That's right. And the fourth that we have available is our YouTube channel as well. That's right. So yeah, you've got four different ways that you guys can go and now listen to the JNK podcast. Yeah, we have our bases pretty well covered, you know, for uh, different ways to go about listening to us, uh, like you just mentioned, even YouTube as well. That's right. So um, I guess since uh, our last episode here, you know, it's uh, been quite a bit going on here. And we had live wrestling back here in Sault Ste. Marie the form of a CW with a Pick Your Poison tour. I'm looking at the poster right beside us here and a signed autograph picture, which uh, for the end of this episode, I know there's something that uh, you want to kind of set up. But uh, we had the pleasure to meet Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts live in person. And... Didn't have a chance uh, to do an interview because Jake was feeling very under the weather, but even just to just kind of rub shoulders with him or kind of touch elbows with him, so to speak, and, uh, you know, I don't think there's too many people that said that they have stacked chairs in the gymnasium with Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. 
You're right. I don't think that there are many people at all that can say that. So just that in itself, you know, we didn't get the chance to interview Jake, which I would have liked to, but I know that, you know, given the circumstance, it might not have been a great idea, but still just a chance to, to just kind of, you know, just kind of chit chat and just kind of, uh, you know, I don't can't really think of the expression, but uh, just to, to kind of be around somebody with uh, just his experience and, you know, his status and legendary, you know, presence in the wrestling business was very cool, to say the least. You know, I wouldn't say that it was like fangirl moment out, but uh, it was just somebody who, you know, was a, you know, this is when it comes to wrestling, a uh, personal favorite, a hero of mine. So just the chance to to kind of share the same space with him for a short, maybe a short period of time was very cool. 100% it was. I mean, I... I talked with him for a little bit, right? I mean, we didn't really go into into a whole lot, but I mean, we kind of we kind of talked, we kind of joked around. Um, you know, it, it was just amazing to be able to have Jake the Snake Roberts here in the Sioux again. Um, and like you said, I mean, we were helping set up, we helped tear down, you know, we helped mm-hmm. out the guys from CWE the best we could. Um, and to stack chairs, I mean, I just want to tell the story really quick. Here. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're, we're stacking up chairs and we're stacking them 10 high because yep. that's how they go back. That's how they came in. That's how they go back. Yep. So we stacked them up 10 high and Jake looks over and he goes, good luck getting those in there. It's too much. That's too much. Or that's too high, he says, <laughs> or something like that. Yep. So I was like, Joe come on over here let's show them how it's done so i mean the chairs nicely had a uh, little handle on the back so you know one person was able to grab the handle at the back and on the very bottom one and hold on to the entire thing while the other person went on the other side picked them up and we just simply walked with them so you know it was pretty cool to be able to do that and jake kind of go all right, you showed me. Right, <laughs> yeah. it was it was a cool moment. Yeah, you could tell that. Um, I don't think he's toured Canada in the dead of winter too much. And I think you know that was a big contributing factor. You know, on day twenty of that tour, so you know, I, I don't believe that he was with them throughout that entire thing, but I know for a good portion of it. And uh, but uh, yeah, very cool to, to have him here. And and right after that too, uh, confirmed uh, again. If you listen to our last podcast, that CWE coming back again. In June third, and uh, you know, while we we're there, we were, you know, kind of lining things up too. And uh, come that um, the, that next show in June third, you know, uh, I'm gonna say very likely we might have a chance to to uh, interview Danny Duggan again because he's been very gracious. Uh, you know, we're, we're happy to promote him and uh, probably to have him back on their episode. And uh, another one in the works with one of the, another one of the biggest names in the in the wrestling business that we may. I'll say at the time, have a chance to interview if he comes back on June 3rd. So yeah, we're not going to mention names just yet. We're going to, we're going to make that a surprise for everybody, but yeah, hopefully this, uh, this talent does return again for Mm -hmm. CWE's next tour. And hopefully we will be able to interview him. And live, it, and more on that too. If you had a chance to be there, and if not, uh, you know, go check our uh, our Facebook page out. Uh, one of our friends, uh, Mr. Joe Chivarelli, uh, had the chance to uh, be a very instrumental in the last bit of the show. So it was very cool to see a, a good friend of ours uh, be part of the ending of that show. So it, it was just a, it was a cool night in so many different ways and so many different aspects there. That uh, you know, I'm definitely glad that we. Uh, you know, do what we could uh, to get there, and you know, and to be kind of a presence and to, to help. You know, it felt like being part of the the crew and everything with those guys. So it was it was a real pleasure, and it was very cool to be a part of that whole deal. So yeah, hundred percent it was. And I mean, shout out to our friend Shiv, Joe Shivarelli. Yes. Shout out to you know Vinny Da Vinci and Diego Da Vinci as well. Uh, Diego, a guy that we've had on our 
previous shows uh, when we were not independent. Uh, but I mean, all three of them are good friends. Yes. And we were so happy to see them in a CWE ring, <laughs> so making cool. a name for themselves and helping out Sault Ste. Marie. Very cool. And good to see that uh, it look, looking like it's going to be a regular stop now. And CW looking to really kind of expand. You know, they've gone out west of quite a fair ways and have come about you know, as far east of, uh, as you know, Sault Ste. Marie and Blind River a little bit further. So, you know, they are looking to, uh, like Danny said, expanding, you know, to go, you know, Sudbury, Toronto, and maybe into, you know, the, some of the eastern provinces. So uh, it could be very cool. And, uh, you know, CW looking at it may turn into, you know, the premier kind of organization here in Canada. So, uh, some cool things up in that things are expanding and it, it's cool to be, uh, you know, in, in some, you know, capacity to be part of that and, you know, to help him, you know, kind of, and that's why you heard some of the clips at the beginning to help him promote this really good product that, that we've come across and, you know, they've brought it back to our area. So it's, it's a pleasure to, you know, to have not only had Doug in, uh, on the, uh, to have Danny on the episode, uh, but to help him promote the company that's uh, doing some really cool things. So yeah, definitely. Now getting to some WWE's discussion here, uh, the 25th anniversary of raw happened this Monday. Yes, it did. To some very mixed, I can say, you know, looking, you know, on social media and whatnot, uh, you know, throughout the wrestling community, a very mixed bag, you know, even just in this in this particular room on the on the, with our with our <laughs> host here, uh, of uh, you know feelings and results for this show. Very huge mixed bag of reactions. Uh-huh. Um, do you want me to? Do you want me to go through mine? Absolutely. Okay, I. Loved it. I I really did. Um, It was a collection of nostalgia Mm -hmm. that I think was was needed. I mean, for me personally, it's all that I needed for the 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to have 25 different matches. I didn't even need to have 10 matches. I I didn't even care if there were any matches that were happening on the show. Just to have... These people come back and show some clips of stuff that's happened over the last 25 years. Like a huge highlight show for me mm-hmm. was exactly what I wanted. And I essentially got that. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, so the nostalgia factor was cool. Yeah, you know, and, but to, you know, and to be fair, at the same time, you know, for me, you know, some of the stuff I, I won't say, you know, it's getting to the point of like Hulk Hogan, you know, that, that tired feeling when these uh, legends keep coming back and coming, coming, coming back, and you're like, okay, you know, yes, it's cool, and I'll go away now, you know, it's just for me that you know, starting at the top, you know, uh, you know, basically starting the show with uh, Stone Cold and uh, Vince McMahon, and yep. I got to you know one of the loudest uh, crowd reaction since probably the attitude era you know bringing him back you know a very cool way to start that show but you know just even the the flow of of the whole kind of thing for for me personally anyways it it did feel like the whole show kind of flowed you know throughout the whole thing it felt very kind of like chopped up you know, especially with them doing it in two venues here, yeah, the Barclays Center and at the uh, the Manhattan uh, uh, Event Center there, which, uh, as it turns out, it looked like they really got the short end of the deal. And some people very vocal about this fact, the fact that, you know, that, uh, you know, I don't know if they paid more or less, you know, to be at that portion of it, but they got to see significantly less than, you know, the people that were at the Barclays Center. So, um, so you know, something to consider there too. And, you know, Undertaker coming back, you know, the, 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 for me, this was, you know, a moment that I'm still 
processing and trying to, to figure out because he basically came out. Always cool to see Undertaker, of course. You know, he's one of our favorites. Always will be. But uh, came out and did this you know, promo with the crowd, and he went to the smaller venue, went to the Manhattan uh, Center, which were, which is where the very first Raw happened. You know, yeah, it's cool uh, deal there. But for me, it, it felt really flat because it felt like nothing really was accomplished. Nothing was really. He just went out there and talked. And I was left sitting there, kind of going, "Okay, you know." <laughs> oh, and like I said, cool to see Undertaker, but I was left very confused because nothing was set up. No, no rivalry was set up. No, nothing like that. Just he showed up, said, you know, did some type of vague kind of summary, and then that was it. It felt very unsatisfying, to say the very least, for me personally. And for me, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I I loved that. I loved that he it was just so vague. Came. I know, but that's yeah. it's the Undertaker. You don't yeah. need anything more. All you need is for him to go out and say that the over the past 25 years. All those souls that I've taken down, rest in peace. That's all you need. Take her right there just to say a little something. I was happy with it. I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm not pissed off by it. No. D- do we really need to set up something for for him for, you know, a match or, or whatever? I don't think we really need to at this point anymore. So just having him to come out and be like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to say a few words and I'm leaving again. Awesome. Because for me, for me, that was kind of almost the turning point of the show. Because it felt like you know, starting with the Austin thing, great. Uh, although you know, part of me feels maybe they they maybe should have ended with that. But they started with that, and it felt like they were on a nice climb, you know, building to a to a climax here. And then you know, getting close to that Undertaker moment, then it, for me, like it felt like things kind of plateaued and got I won't say boring, but it just felt like you know, okay, you know, we're we're hitting these, you know, because we had this list of people that we advertised, you know, we got to make sure we get them on there. It just felt like. You know, they were just put in for the sake of being put in there, and it didn't feel like there was a lot of substance to it. That, that That's kind of my main beef. You know, cool nostalgia factor, absolutely great. But, you know, for like an actual, if you break it down as an actual episode of Raw, for me, it just it felt very pieced together and not really organized all that well. That's, you know, again, my perspective. You know, those might see it differently, but uh, I will say that I'm, I don't think I'm in the minority. I think it's maybe probably a 50-50 split amongst fans. Yeah. From what I've I, seen. Yeah, really it has been. It's been a 50-50 split between really the entire yeah. internet wrestling community, as they're called. Yeah. Um, honestly, if I can play a little bit of devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. you always bow out halfway through <laughs> always no matter what Monday night raw it is no matter what's been going on no matter what the main event is supposed to be you always are like hour three you're like no i'm done it's for me it's it's too long and it's too watered down I've I've I've, ex- I've expressed that opinion before. That's why I'm such a big fan of NXT. They get it in with an hour. They they cram uh, arguably just as much into that hour, and it's just good solid wrestling. No extra fluff in there. For me, just raw is just too long. And I agree. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it would be great if the be it would be filled you know with so much stuff, but it just it feels too too many times. It just feels like they're just filling and killing time. You know, and they, and they have so much talent, you know, and, 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 you know, looking at people coming up now, you have uh, Ricochet coming up from the opinions, absolutely fantastic. You have War Machine, and you have uh, Candice LeRae, you know, four of the biggest uh, stars of independent wrestling now that bring them in, and they better make damn good use of them. 
you know, and hopefully you don't keep them in NXT too long or ricochet. I say don't even put him in NXT at all. Put him right up to the main roster and get him right in there with your Sami Zayn's and your Kevin Owens and your AJ's and your Finn Balor's. Get him in there and get him doing stuff. You know. I mean, it would be nice, but I mean, we both know that's not going to happen. Oh, he has nothing like, left to prove. I, He's been in the well, business so long. But we again, yeah. you. I mean, and even I say this. We we both say this all the time. But the WWE audience is totally different from the rest of the audience. You've got those people that watch the independents, that follow the independents, that don't follow the WWE. They could care less, right? Then you've got the diehard WWE fans who don't care anything about the independent scene at all. So you're kind of, you know, it's hard to say that because sure... Some of us may know who this person is. Yeah. Uh, for the majority of the WWE fans, they don't know who he is, mm. right? See, for me, it's 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 like the AJ uh, style scenario. You know, for me, just as as important of a name in the business, and you had him come out right to the main roster. If they would have started him in NXT, that would have been one of the worst moves that they ever made. You're right, and that 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 would have been. Yeah. I mean, but you're talking, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. You're talking two totally different people within the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, AJ Styles has been ROH, has been TNA, has been Impact, has been New Japan, has been absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Ricochet has been Independence. Yeah. Right? Like all you of them were, pretty much, though. All, you're right. All of them, yeah. if, essentially. But he's never really had that huge, big main stage Lucha of a new... Wow. Yeah. But how many people could actually get Lucha Underground? Really, there wasn't a lot of people that could get that either. So with Ricochet, unfortunately, you really don't have that that big fan base that he's that he's you know worldwide because he really wasn't in New Japan. He wasn't in Ring of Honor. He wasn't in TNA, being made out to be a huge name. Whereas AJ Styles was. Yeah, uh, uh, you know that's something that uh, I almost wish I could do. I could do like a survey. Of you know, and, and mainly you know, true wrestling fans. I think that uh, that he may be better known than maybe he, I think we're anticipating. Well, you know, we'll see. It's just one of those guys, you know, that I, I just uh, I'm glad to see him. But my fear that uh, if they go the NXT route with him, I think he could end up, you know, getting buried. And it could be like the Austin Aries scenario again. I mean, that's my biggest concern. You know, thankfully he's bigger than a cruiserweight, so he shouldn't get uh, you know roped into that whole mess. But um, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen. That I uh, just hope that all four of them get used properly. Yeah, you know, Candice Larry, War Machine, and Ricochet uh, gets used the proper way. And unfortunately, again, it's going to be a wait and see situation. Yep, they better do good with them. That's yeah, all I can say. Now, I think a good way to kind of uh, end off here to talk about uh, a little bit of, I guess, you know, controversy. You know, especially when it comes to oh, this is a WWE story. And uh, this is involving uh, how you doing, Mr. Enzo Mori? How you doing? <laughs> uh, he's not doing too good because uh, he has been accused of essentially. <laughs> there's no other word to use. Rape, and uh, you know he you know, has since then actually publicly denied the fact. But it's too late. He's already been fired. That's right. <laughs> Today, the WWE let go Enzo Amore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Eric Arnd. Arnd. A-R-N-D-T. 
what a you know to kind of just summarize this whole thing like what a fall kind of from grace here you have you know him combined with uh, with big cast like one of the more popular tag teams that have come along a long time, you know, and get getting the same kind of crowd reaction arguably is like the new age outlaws when they come out yep. and getting the audience into them. And then, you know, I think, you know, as soon as, you know, that split kind of happened is interesting how they, they kind of did that. It, it felt like it really waned very quickly. And, uh, you know, even Cass, you know, not getting a whole lot going on right now. And then Enzo really kind of getting the bum end of the deal, getting put down to 205 live and, uh, you know, and it just—it seems like it just really, you know, they could have done so much more. And like, and I, I don't know if that has anything to do with, you know, his kind of fall from grace here. If he just felt like, you know, you know, f it, you know, again, just, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. I'm not doing it going anyways. I, you know, and getting carried away with stuff like this. I mean, just what a squandering opportunity. You know, if if any of this is true, he's publicly denying it. But uh, you know, at the same time, you know, uh, when you work for a company that is a public treat publicly traded company sorry uh they just uh they look at this kind of thing and they don't want to be associated with either you're guilty or not just the fact that you're being associated with this is not something that they want to have anything to do with that's right and i mean i'm, I'm just going to read through it here quickly it's a very short little statement from yeah. the council um it says over the last two days uh philomena sheehan has made multiple public accusations against Eric, uh, also known as Enzo Amore with the WWE, um, including allegations of sexual misconduct concerning an October 2017 incident in Phoenix. Uh, Mr. Arndt fully and unequivocally denies those accusations. He is cooperating with the authorities in this matter and looks forward to having it resolved in a timely matter. Neither Mr. Arndt nor his counsel will be making any further public comments on this matter. So at this time, we're looking at this is the only statement that we're going to be getting at all yeah. concerning this from Mr. Enzo Amore and his counsel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, something happening right before the you know 25th anniversary show, like literally you know, those all kind of developing this part of it after the fact. But, uh, and if you, you know, watch the show, there was absolutely no mention of it whatsoever. And, you know, not even on pre-show at all. And, you know, not only the, the only, you know, not the only controversial bit that kind of happened. Another thing, you know, it may, may seem kind of minor, but for me, for being a true wrestling fan, it's something, and I think Carl too, that uh, kind of irked us a little bit. And um, ended up just being, you know, from, you know what we can best tell that it looks like it was just a well-timed picture by a you know a bystander, a fan of supposedly Jim Ross and uh, Mr. Jerry the King Lawler over in the Manhattan Center, basically taking a nap while things were kind of happening, and uh, posting uh, a picture on social media. And uh, Jim Ross did not take uh, kindly to the to this, by the way. He so. he really did not. I mean, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase Jim Ross here, but he, he essentially said the photo that was taken um, was put out there with uh, accusations of, you know, us not doing our job properly. Yep. And essentially he says, how dare you? Yep. How dare you post such a thing when... It clearly, I mean, I, no, it not clearly. It looks like they are sleeping. Jim Ross's head is is back with his eyes closed, yep. and 
no, sorry, Jim Ross, he's he's forward with his eyes closed, and sure. Jerry Lawler, his his head is back with and with his eyes closed. Yeah, the the two of them probably just blinked at the exact same time, <laughs> and somebody caught the photo of it. Um, what, what's 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 even more, you know, kind of kind of leading towards all of this is that the person that took the photo and posted the photo is from an internet um, pro wrestling like like. What do you call those? Um, like a website that 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 uh, that looks for this stuff, yeah. like a TMZ, right? A TMZ is going to go and look for the for the crap, right? Yeah. This is what this person does, and they usually capture that stuff, you know, in out of context, and then you know, with, yes, without seeing the before and kind of after. So you're just seeing at that kind of moment, and you know, and and it's you know, people just reading into it, you know, the wrong way. And unfortunately, a lot of that kind of stuff happens now, not only with pro wrestling, but just, you know, celebrities and anybody who's, you know, uh, puts themselves out in the public and uh, leaving yourself open to that kind of stuff. It, it's just a byproduct of the whole thing, really. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And unfortunately, I mean, it wasn't really left up to people to kind of make the decision because posted right all over it, you know, was... You know, the two of them sleeping and they even went as far as to put little little Zeds coming, you know, uh, yeah. off of both of them, which just really led to more. Right. But I mean, Jim Ross coming out and, and, and saying, how dare you? Um, yeah. So actually, right, 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 right there. You see that? What's up? Yeah. There we go. So we we uh, we actually found uh, a news source, something that. um that we we kind of we go go by um, one of these sources. Uh, we're, I'm not going to say who it is. We don't need to to say who it is. Um, but this is what Jim Ross had to say. Um, he says that he publicly denied that the two of them were sleeping. He says wanted to clear up something that was reported on a few sites last night on Raw 25. It appears that some sites covered their arse when they. Uh, when using the term appeared, but no one was sleeping. Absurd to suggest such. A ridiculous claim never happened. There you go. So, my paraphrase, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, it just, it was, uh, you know, and all this kind of part of this 25, I, I, I know that uh, the people at that Manhattan Center, uh, I know a good portion of those people feel like they uh, got the raw end of the deal, so to speak, and, uh, you know, didn't get to see all that much. And I don't know how much these people paid, you know, that particular uh, side of it, but, uh, you know, I had a feeling kind of going into it, the fact that they were, you know, kind of, you know, splitting up and doing kind of like a co-broadcasting that something was going to go kind of awry. You know, thankfully, you know, it wasn't, you know, too noticeable. But, uh, you know, as it was kind of happening, I think you had found, uh, I don't know where it is that you, you found it, but uh, that people were, uh, you know, yelling like rip off or, you know, wanting a refund and all this. So it, it got on the verge. And I have a f- sneaking suspicion that they, uh, with the DX bit, that they weren't uh, originally supposed to show up at that. I bet you they were, they probably changed the venue last minute to try and do damage control. That uh, could be wrong. Yeah, that may have been part of the original plan, but. It sure feels like they were just like, okay, we need to, to fix this now <laughs> because people are pissed. Yeah, well, and I mean, so. the entire DX thing was supposed to happen there. Um, <sighs> they sent Seth Rollins and The Miz, who later earlier on in the night had reclaimed the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Uh, WWE sent both of them as quickly as they possibly could 
over to the Manhattan Center um, to try to give them something, like give them a pop, give them a high to go yeah. go home with, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, seeing Seth Rollins there, you know, one half of the tag team champions, seeing, uh, you know, the Miz, the new, what is it, seventh time now? Yeah. Seven time intercontinental champion, yeah. and they had a dark match go on. So, I mean, they, they really did give the people something good. Um, they really did give them and try to, I guess, make up for it in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was done. So, yeah. I think that this is uh, something that, uh, you know, it was definitely, you could tell it was something that uh, they were. You know, it was kind of like a prototype or like a an idea. I think that uh, the next time they do one of these big shows, I think, you know, just for the logistics of it and avoiding this kind of thing from happening again, just keep it in one venue. And if you are going to split it up, you know, plan it well enough ahead of time to where you're you're splitting it evenly enough to to make it feel like you're not ripping your fans off because uh, you know th- this could have gotten ugly. To be fair, so I mean, it it could have, right? But yeah. I mean, honestly. People really need to just calm down. Like, <laughs> yeah. clearly, you know, something is going, you know, you're in the smaller venue. Yeah. Do you really expect them to do the entire show from the smaller venue for you? No, no they're going to do it from the bigger venue. That's where they're going to have the main stuff going on. Yeah. So these people that are complaining because they were in the smaller venue and they feel they were ripped off, you weren't ripped off. You know who was ripped off? The people at home who didn't get to see Razor Ramon's entrance because they went to a commercial break. Yeah, that's who got ripped off. Yeah, I don't know from uh, you know, I gotta you know play you know the the other side a little bit. uh, You know from what uh, from what you told me, what they actually got a couple cruiserweight matches, the the Bray Wyatt and and Matt Hardy match and the DX thing. If I would have paid to to have gone to that venue for, for that, I think I'm. You know, I don't know if I would have felt ripped off. But I definitely would have felt shortchanged in comparison to being in the Barclays Center because they, they definitely got a lot more uh, there than the other place. So it was definitely, I won't say lopsided, but it was definitely more on the other side from what, from what they actually got to experience live. So as opposed to watching on the video. So. I, uh, but again, a smaller place. Yeah. Right. I mean, what, what do you what did you really expect? Did you expect it fifty fifty? No. Well. Yeah, I kind of expected 50-50, but, you know, it ended up not being that way. But, uh, like I said, you know, I have a feeling, you know, splitting up in the two venues that it was going to be a bit of an issue. But uh, I think, you know, going forward, you know, just for, from my perspective, I think, you know, maybe keep it in one place, I think, for now. Uh, it was definitely an interesting experiment, but I don't, I don't think that they should try and do that again. I, I, I don't see why they couldn't do it again. I mean, I, I, I was all for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm... I'm grateful. Like, really, are you are you that ungrateful? You got to go. No, you got to go to the Manhattan Center where Raw number one was done on the 25th anniversary of Raw. I mean, 20, 25 years, and you were able to be there. Everyone in that arena got a chair to take home with them. Yeah. Everybody in that arena got the Undertaker. Everybody in that arena got DX. Everybody in that arena got X Pac. Everybody in that arena got. Um, Razor Ramon, like you, you're just being ungrateful now. I, I, I understand you paid money to go, but did you really expect to have absolutely everything happen there? You, you really couldn't. Yeah. So uh, for me, I think people are just being very ungrateful with what the WWE gave to them. Not everybody in the other arena got a chair to take home with them. 
Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, uh, it, it's one of those things that I think that uh, I think everybody's going to have a, di- a different opinion on it. You know, definitely some cool things there, but uh, I just think that there, in that in that scenario and setting up that way, that you're going to have some happy people and you're going to have some people that aren't going to be happy. Yeah, right? true. In that yeah. scenario, you're, you're going to have some people that are going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, so, it's true, right? Because uh, the ones that are in Manhattan Center didn't get the Stone Cold stuff. You know, didn't get. Um, you know, the, the, the Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar stuff, you know, so it was, you know, it, it all depends on your perspective and where you were, you know, and, and what you get out of it. So, you know, there's some people that are probably happy with what they got. There's some people that were, I want my money back. So, so we'll see. Hopefully it was more good than bad, you know, as a show watching it from home, you know, definitely cool for the nostalgia factor, you know, for me halfway, it kind of, you know, I won't say well it, it, started to decline but definitely for me felt like it like it plateaued you know i was i was able to sit through which is you know saying quite a bit because i usually can't sit through a full episode rob because it for me it just it gets you know you end up missing the main event because it's it's just they're they're just filling time too much and i feel that i still stand by the statement and i've I've said several times that they need to trim it down i think to at least two hours and just be more efficient with what they have in the time that they're, they're given so three hours for me just still too much I watch all three hours every week. Yeah. I mean, I I really do. So, I mean, it's, uh, do I think it's too long? Yes, I really do. But I still watch all three hours every week. Yep. It's, it's something that, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with time. Maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll trim it down. Uh, uh, Hopefully they just don't go the other way and go even longer because, (laughs) you know, then I think you have to make your pay-per-views longer, you know, to make it feel like you're actually giving people their money's worth when it comes to the pay-per-views. So, um, you know. Oh, don't get me started on that. Because then essentially (laughs) your pay-per-views that, you know, really at this point are really just an hour longer than your weekly free show, you know, so it's, you know, to the point where I think they need to take a hard look, you know, and and not not only try and, you know, cut down some of the storyline stuff and and maybe look at the New Japan, uh, uh, you know, approach to the the wrestling uh, and just the way that the show was done and trim out that, that last hour, you know, just fill it with good stuff and less of the filler of the the squash matches and just the, the filler matches that you can tell like that are put together last minute and they just don't mean anything. Get rid of that, you know, and I, and I think you're going to bring in, you know, those fans that Jericho helped bring in, you know, and draw more attention to with uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12 and you're going to, you know, bring them more to WM and they're going to go, oh, wow, look at this, you know, we're, we're cutting out the, we're cutting out the, the fat and we're, we're getting efficient with this stuff and, now I'm interested because there's so many fans that are just, you know, I think they're getting turned off by just the, this watered down deal that we're getting with WWE right now. So, and especially after seeing, you know, New Japan, CWE and all this stuff now, especially for me, you know, seeing all this independent and different kind of style of wrestling, I'm digging that a lot more than, you know, I would rather go watch a Danny Duggan match right now than, you know, some of these WWE <laughs> matches. No, it's very true. So very true. And, and again, you know, there's some wrestling fans out there that probably only get to watch on TV. You know, when a live wrestling show like say CW or something comes into town, do yourself a favor, go and buy a ticket for, you know, probably not all that much, maybe in the twenty something dollar range, and go watch some wrestling live, and you'll have a whole new appreciation for it to actually sit down and watch it live, especially an independent show like that. You may go into it expecting, you know, little, but. You know, I think you'll probably be pleasantly surprised. Some of these promotions they put on pretty damn good indie wrestling shows. Go check it out. Definitely. All right, I think we'll end up with that. And uh, before we do, uh, 
Carl will uh, plug our social media and uh, and then we'll uh, win things off here. Definitely. First thing we want to make sure that you guys remember is that we are a collar and elbow brand and I have coined it a sponsored podcast. Mm-hmm. If you take a look at our social medias, you will actually see some uh, sponsored podcast uh, creation that I have done. Um, CollarandElbowBrand.com is where you can go to get the greatest merchandise uh, in professional wrestling today where professional wrestling meets street fashion. And make sure you use our promo code JKPODCAST to get yourself 10% off. And where can you find a link for all of this? Well, you can find a link for this at Twitter and at Instagram and at Facebook. All by searching out JKPODCASTS. You need to include the S at the end of that because it wouldn't allow us to do it any other way. So make sure you go to Facebook, you go to Instagram, and you go to Twitter. You search out JK Podcasts. Click that like, click that follow, whatever you have to do to stay on top of and in touch with everything JK Podcast brand. Yes. Uh, and, you know, with that, I mean, when you go into the website again, like I mentioned, you know, you can wear you know the same shirt worn by Jake the Snake Roberts, Mr. Chase Owens, you know, a lot of these big names in the business. You can... Uh, you know, wear the same stuff that they do and be proud, you know, to support uh, a brand that, you know, is really built, you know, by wrestling fans and people working in the business, working in the ring together. It's, it's, just, it's just, it's a community of everybody who has a love and a passion for pro wrestling workers and fans alike. It definitely is. And we are so happy to be a part of that. So I think to end things off here, I just want to run quickly through with everybody and let you know that when you do go and follow those social medias, you are going to shortly see something about a little contest that we're going to have going on. I'm not going to give very much more detail than that right now because I still have to work out all the logistics of everything. But there is a contest that will be coming up and there will be something that will be given away and shipped to you for free make sure you check us out on our social medias for more information <laughs> i've seen what it is you guys are gonna dig it make sure and uh, keep an eye out for that and do what it says and you're gonna be in for a treat uh, whoever gets it uh, i think you're gonna like it all right i think we'll end things off with there and um, we will see you guys next time ciao